0: This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassise, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves. And while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast and you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. All righty. Welcome to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lasis, with Tech for Accountants, IT specializing in the accounting industry. And we've had a bit of a hiatus thanks to the Scaling New Heights conference. And then my wife and I went and had a baby last week. So we're a little behind on recording. I mean, I I guess, you know, priorities where they are, but back on track with us today, Sam Hallburn, the CEO and founder of Simplified Accounting Management and PBS Accounting and Tax Solutions. And we're going to be digging into today variety of topics, but one of the things that she speaks on is financial literacy, which I think is such an understated, underrepresented topic. And so, Sam, it's great to have you on the show.
1: It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So how about give us a little background on how you got into the profession and what sort of uh, got you to hear?
1: Sure. So um, I was an originally in sales and marketing and that you know, was my first kind of career choice. And then eventually I ended up as an ops manager for a telecom company, which introduced me to assisting the controller and doing their job and kind of the whole financial deep dive of of running a company. From there, I went into banking and lending. And it turned out that that the customers that were coming to see me had no idea how to produce the financial That I needed to get them loans or, or anything that they were coming to see me for. So I started helping them kind of on the side on my lunch break, after my days off, weekends, to, to help them get their books in order so that they could give me what I needed to get them what they needed. And that just turned into like an evolving passion. And I was able to kind of hold those connections. And in 2015, I just rolled the dice and started my bookkeeping firm. And In 2021, I started a consulting firm for QuickBooks Online Education as well.
0: So it was basically you were like, I'm tired of teaching people things that they should know how to do. And it makes my job way harder that they don't know how to do this. So let's get you up to speed and understand, you know, not just, okay, yeah, I need someone to do my books, but actually understand what these things actually mean. And it's one of the things that just, you know, you look at just general education, like through high school, nobody gets any sort of finance or tax or bookkeeping or anything that has to do with real world finances. You know, it's not like these are things that, well, yeah, you know, if you go into business for yourself, you're going to need to know what a P&L is and what a balance sheet is and what these things mean even, even just basic things like mortgages and credit cards, debt, you know, like these are things that people just, they're never taught. And I mean, there's any number of reasons why, but what are sort of your thoughts on why this super important, super relevant topics never really mentioned?
1: Um, well, my thoughts on it might be controversial, but um, oh,
0: do it, <laughs> do it! I
1: think you know the problem with college that I see is that you can't just you know pick the direction you want to go in and then take the classes that are relative to those. You have to take all the extras and all the fluff, and you have to pay the money to take the fluff that doesn't get you any closer to your end goal. And so I think that's a lot of what happens the same with financial literacy. Unless you decide to focus on that, you don't get that information. It doesn't, it's not spread as a common thing that every person needs to know like English, like being able to read and write. It should be one and the same. And it's kind of segregated to who's gonna pay the money to learn the thing. So you have to decide you want to learn about it or you're not going to learn about it. Um, and
0: why would you, you know, why would you choose to do that? Like, I personally lucked into it. The um, at my school, I needed a finance elective and finance 104 personal finance, the guy on Rate My Professor. Everyone said like easy A and actually learned some stuff, but all I saw was like easy A, easy A. And the class Mm -hmm. literally should have been called like how to become a millionaire. Like I'm 18 and we're learning about like compound interest and investments Mm -hmm. and taxes and all this stuff that just it's like this is all real life things. Like, why did I have to take, you know, 15 years of history? Like, I'm not saying history is not important, but maybe like. Fourteen history one finance like you know yeah. I I did agree with you though it's not even controversial it's just the fact of the matter like
1: it I've, is my and I think if we educated more people they wouldn't make decisions like getting themselves into extreme financial debt before they even graduate college you know they'd be finding ways to not take on this debt they wouldn't be paying the interest they wouldn't be setting themselves Back and setting themselves up for failure so fast. And that's all part of like the system and how you're supposed to break through it and how you're supposed to handle it. It wouldn't work if we were more educated a lot sooner.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't hear about people that went to trade school being in like trade school debt. It's like you got a skill that's practical that gets you money. And I mean, now, but back to the original piece of how much financial literacy is taught in trade school. You know, it's like Joe, the electrician is great. Electrician knows everything. And, you know, he can install like a $30,000 generator and make a ton of money and profit, but not understand that. Like if your cogs are higher than the price you charge, you're (laughs) losing money. And if you,
1: cogs and payroll and your subs and everything and then you go out and you splurge because you think you made $30,000 on this job but you don't realize that you actually just lost $10,000 but now you spend this big chunk of money because like woohoo I made some money which happens a lot especially when uh, businesses are smaller and newer because you it's so much stress and so much pressure on you when you have any good news you're just like I'm going to celebrate this people do not realizing that they're dipping into their profits and not profits even more.
0: And these, these are things that, you know, it applies even if, even if say you're not an entrepreneur, right? Just a regular, someone working a nine to five salary, but even understanding, you know, everybody sort of understands basically like how things work. Post tax because you get a paycheck just for simple numbers. We'll say your paycheck is a thousand dollars, but after taxes, it's seven hundred dollars. And so you get seven hundred dollars in your hand, and you're saying, I made seven hundred dollars, but you actually made a thousand. You've already paid three hundred and you've got the seven hundred in your hand. But then people, it's like, okay, I made a thousand dollars and now I made a thousand dollars. Go. Play like I have a thousand dollars in my hand without actually realizing. Well, there's three hundred due in tax, yep. On that, and so, but everybody's used to using those post-tax numbers, and then just, the well, money. I get a I get a refund because that's how taxes work. And it's like, well, not on the other side when you're <laughs> like. Paying a lot I, of them, it's usually not the case.
1: I see it a lot with small businesses and young young businesses where they're not getting that W two anymore. So every penny they make, they're actually seeing, but not realizing there's all that back spend that needs to happen and that they need to allocate for and they need to save for. Um, they don't do things like pay quarterly because they think, oh, I'll just wait till the end of the year, and then they've got this fifteen to twenty thousand to fifty thousand dollar bill that again, they can't pay. So now you owe your quarterlies and you're back, you owe back taxes, and everything's compounding and interest is accruing and penalties are assessing. And none of that's taught. None of that's taught anywhere.
0: It's, it's basically like everything's kind of stacked against you, just coming out into the real world. And even you know it's not like oh my parents know these things and then my parents have taught me cuz like the parents also don't know like just no one and it shouldn't really be like this secret society and i mean i i was fortunate enough to grow up my my dad was a stockbroker my mom was a uh, financial investor with banks so i had way more background in Lending and finance than most people. And like I said, I took that class that was supposed to just be an easy A that kind of opened my eyes to everything else. But, you know, the likelihood, like me being 18, starting a Roth IRA and understanding compound interest, that wasn't because of the school system. That was a stroke of luck. Right. I'm super right. happy that it happened, very fortunate. But that wasn't part of remember in school when they talked about how, if you have a long runway by the time you're retiring, your money is just like doubling itself every five years after you've had it. like, that's never, ever discussed ever. It's just like, you know how people say the word 401k. Yep. So, What Do you have any ideas uh, or suggestions like the way it should be if like banks and people weren't making a ton of money off of people's not understanding how the stuff works?
1: Um, Yes. I mean, I think that if you know that this is a problem, you can put yourself in a position to negate the problem you can take those classes, you can opt for those as your electives, because that's what you're going to have to do, because you won't be offered the information as part of your general curriculum. I, I think everybody should take a bookkeeping course, if you plan on being in business for yourself at all, like even if it's a glimmer of hope in your future, and you're going to work a corporate job for the next 10 years, you should take that course because you're going to learn the basics and the fundamentals of how to manage that money. You can practice on yourself on your own private finances first, if you're going to take that route. Um, I definitely think the smartest thing anybody can do is partner with an accounting professional if they have no idea what they're doing financially immediately, even though it's an added cost. Yes, all of that you are going to get so much better results not screwing yourself up and screwing yourself over for all those years and then having this big fat mess to clean up later. Um, So if you know you know nothing, put yourself in a position to partner with somebody who can help you avoid disasters of one kind or another. But education-wise, yeah, just take the classes. Put yourself in a position to learn the thing Um, don't take yoga instead of bookkeeping because you just need a credit, take the bookkeeping class, you know, even if you think you don't need it, at least you'll have that fundamental information.
0: Yeah. Like in it, even on the personal level, if you were not going into entrepreneurship, just understanding like what balancing a checkbook Used And
1: why? (laughs) People don't know why they're supposed to. Why would I do that? I have have online banking. I can just Mm. make sure. But if you're managing your own finances and you're reviewing every transaction, you're going to catch fraud. You're going to catch subscriptions you can cancel. You're going to catch ways to save money. You're going to go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize my electric bill was $700 and I got this $300 check that's outstanding. I better call them and say I don't have the money or can you hold my check? There's so much of that that you can do for yourself, um, not getting into extreme debt with credit cards, and not just thinking, "Oh, it's you know, I'll just pay hundred dollars a month on my credit card," and and you're spending six hundred dollars a month on your credit card, and then like you said, the example of the seventy-five dollar pizza. <laughs> right. By the time you pay off the interest payments, you paid seventy-five. And understanding those things is key, and that's where there's no education about it. And I I do think so many young people have access to mommy and daddy's money and credit cards to where they don't have to know so that by the time they get on their own, it has looked so simple and easy to maintain that because they didn't really truly have to do it on their own. So maybe from a parental standpoint, not giving that luxury to your children of just being able to free spend the money, that's not helping them long-term. And then it's setting them up to not understand what it really takes when they have to do it.
0: So I think I'm just going to put my children in a cardboard box, live outside and be like, you got to figure it out.
1: Yeah, figure this out.
0: You got to figure yeah. this out. Yeah. Just like if- the
1: dogs, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
0: like there's, there's children that get taken away when you do that, but my heart's oh, in the right. right place.
1: My heart's. Yeah. Sometimes. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. Little, little moblies out there just mm-hmm. running around. the truck.
0: <laughs> Little moblies running do- around.
1: You can do like control spend credit cards. You can do things like that. There are tools that you can help your kids, but still set them up for success financially, but they take effort and they take a monitoring and they take diligence and not everybody does that, especially when you have the means and it doesn't feel like it's that big of a deal to you. It's what is it teaching them on the flip side or not teaching them?
0: Yeah, so in- in your, so shifting off of just the personal financial literacy piece. So when you're working with small business owners in the bookkeeping realm, what are some of the the frequent issues you see? Obviously we've just discussed a handful of them. What are some of the other things on like the entrepreneurial small business owner side mistakes that you see?
1: Sure. First one I hear all the time. How come my profit and loss says I made a profit? but I have no money in the bank. So not realizing that as you spend money out of your account, as you buy personal groceries, as you take your kids to vacation and use your business account, that's you spending your profit upfront and your report is just totaling what you made for the entire year, but you've already spent it. So understanding that profit on the profit and loss does not equal cash in the bank is one of the biggest things I see almost all the time. And then stuff like categorization and doing things correctly so that, a re- for example, reimbursement for materials, which is cost of goods sold, doesn't show up as revenue that you're then taxing yourself on. Um, and you're going to suggest in an audit, in an insurance audit, that this is my revenue, which is going to increase the amount of your liability, which is going to increase the amount that your insurance company is going to charge you potentially so there's a snowball effect to having numbers being wrong not only that but you can't make pivot pivots in your business like hiring or firing or looking for new suppliers or analyzing data to understand what's not selling or what's costing you money instead of making you money can't do any of that without knowing and understanding the numbers um, of your business and how I'm, they all work together
0: yeah i feel like for for myself yeah, we'll we'll go back 10 years ago before I had started my first like real company. Like I had started companies but like I'd consider having like an LLC and employees like a real company. And when I first got in, I sort of had this thought of like, yeah, like all these, you know, books and all these financial analysis, like that's for real companies. But like it's not it doesn't apply to Companies my size, because how could I possibly use these numbers to make any sort of decision like I know everything about my business, which like a fraction of that maybe, but also like the you don't know what you don't know, and I just happened this is one of those super miracle things of just my life where uh, this guy had called me. He's like, Hey, um, I'll give you 30 bucks. I need a ride to this lady's house. I have to hang pictures for her. I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. I drive him there and and I'm sitting at the lady's um, just couch, just like, Hey, I drove him. Hi, nice to meet you. And she's like, Oh, well, what do you do? I am like, I, I just started this it company. And she's like, Oh, like my computer, this, that, and the other, it's always, I'm always bringing it to geek squad. They can't fix it. And I'm like, let me look at it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. They, always miss this here there you go it's it's fixed now and she's like oh my god like and, and then she's like all right so tell me about the you know your p l and and also and I'm like I just look at my checking account and like it goes up so like I'm good and she's like that's not how it works and it turns out she was like a big time consultant for like presidents <laughs> and stuff like she she was one of those people it was just like the most famous person you've never heard of kind of deal right and- yeah yeah. And she was like, she was like, I am going to show you basically the things that we're talking about now, where it's just like how much you need to charge in order to be profitable and take into account that just because like selling product A, there isn't a cost for insurance on that on that product. Like it's still kicked in somewhere. In your company, like fixed expenses happen whether or not you sell that. So it's not only, so I understood the cogs part. I didn't understand the fixed expenses and like the business. Yes. And she was just like, like, how much money do you want to make? How much you got to sell? You have to hire this many people, sell this many things, have this much money. Like, and she was right. And my brain just like exploded, but i never... Maybe, I mean, doing it for 10 years, maybe it would have crossed my mind. And my degree was in financial planning. And like, maybe I personally may have come across some of these concepts and ideas. But again, we're all coming back to like, I'm very lucky. Like my stories of how Mm -hmm. I learned it are all from luck. Right. It wasn't a conscious decision to learn or it wasn't forced upon me. I happened to drive a friend to a lady's house who happened to like focus on this stuff. Like, how did you learn? Like, what would you suggest? It's like, if you have a friend named Joe that doesn't have a car and he's like, needs a ride, like that's a really valuable friend to have, right? There's just. It is. It's important. I think
1: for me numbers always came natural because I, my first profession was as a ballet dancer. And so music and counting and numbers and rhythm and patterns, all of that was involved in that for 24 years of my life. And so the numbers thing started was very natural to me. And what I'm really good at is picking out patterns and seeing like inconsistencies and going, wait, let me hone on on this because this doesn't seem right. And all of that, but Yeah. Going back to how did I, how did I learn it? I literally fell into numbers because of dance. Like I was able to pick them up and I was, it made sense to me. I never knew in middle school or elementary school or even high school that I was going to go down this path, but it was never even presented to me as an option either. There was no class that said you're gonna need this someday, so we're gonna teach it to you. It, right. I I remember taking an economics class, but that that had nothing to do with reality, and that had nothing to do with keeping a checkbook, and I had nothing to do with you know taxes and and any of that. Um. So yeah, yeah, I, you have to either seek it out or be very lucky, I think, to fall into it, and. I don't know if you know this, but 300,000 people have exited the industry since COVID and they're not coming back at the same rate whatsoever. So there is this mass exodus that's happening in our industry. Everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody's overworked. People aren't charging their worth. Customers want everything for almost no cost. Um, Even though they charge a premium for their services, they don't expect us to charge for ours. And so there's this snowball effect also with the mindset of it's too much money. I can't afford it. But really, you have no idea what you're costing yourself on the back end to not have that support. And that's also not taught anywhere. What will you lose? What will you gain? What will you save by doing this right from the start?
0: I actually had a person that emailed me, I think it was yesterday, and she basically, she said, she said, I can't afford your services. I want it, but I can't afford it. I've been in business for 40 or for 20 years and I've never once raised my rates. And so I can't afford your services. And when I read that, I was like, you haven't raised your prices in 20 years. And you wear that like a badge of honor. Like the rest of the world isn't, isn't in alignment with Mm -hmm. that sentiment. And I understand, you know, on like a, Hey Sam, you know, I value you, we've worked together for 20 years and I'm not gonna raise your rates because we have a great relationship. And it's right. like, okay, you know, thank you, I appreciate that. That is very kind of you. However, I mean, even just say you raised your rates and they're like, fine, I'm leaving. Where? They're gonna leave to everyone else that already raised their rates too. So it's and not probably like- probably
1: much more significantly than this person that you've been with for a long time would do to you you're gonna get the guy that's like, just raises rates and it's the maximum. Um,
0: Right, so I mean-
1: sure has happened to us. We've had people leave thinking we were expensive. They've gone elsewhere and then they've realized, oh, to do the level of work and the level of service that you you were from us for this cost, they're gonna charge you way more. So it wasn't apples to apples. They never, they didn't sell you on apples to apples. They just said, oh, we can do it for cheaper but do what they had no idea what it really took so well, it's happened to us they've, they've never been
0: taught that. anything about bookkeeping uh-huh. so they just commoditize it and they're yeah. like i pay x dollars for bookkeeping and this person charges y for bookkeeping y is yeah. less than x therefore yes. y is a better value yeah. because they don't understand everything that goes into it. And I think it's one of those things, like you said, the clients leave, so you're expensive experience it somewhere else. And are like, Oh God, that's terrible. I want to come back. Like people, if you don't know, and haven't been in the trenches and done it yourself, it's very difficult to even have the empathy to be like, I understand all the work that Sam's doing. And wow, really? like every month, my QBO bank account matches my, my actual bank number. Cause see, for me, this is one of those, like, I'm not an accountant and it exploded in my face. I got a great deal. I was only paying $150 a month for bookkeeping. Fantastic price. The guy was a total scam though. So like, he never did my books. So like, I mean, it was a great price. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> great price. I loved his price, but he actually never did anything. So like no categorization, no reconciliation, no, nothing. And, um, and so we had hired it in house. Like we hired a position as the company had been growing We had maybe 40, 50 employees. And so I was like, Hey, sit down with her and just show her what you've been doing. And that was the first time I had looked at the books. Cause I was basically just bank account, like, hey, the bank account keeps going up. And like, I understand this enough to know that like, if the account is significantly higher, then like, cool, we're doing well. And like, I run a report on QuickBooks, and it says we're doing great, because I didn't know that those numbers are supposed to be (laughs) like, if they don't match, they should be very close, at least. Yes, right. And I mean, ours were off, you know, it's like, the amount in the bank account is $300,000. And the amount on the QuickBooks account is $10 million. Right.
1: So like, it's like I feel like
0: they're supposed to be close, but
1: close, the guy yeah. talks and a good you game. And then have $7 million worth of checks that are just outstanding. I mean, that could I be- didn't,
0: I didn't, <laughs> I did not have $7 million in outstanding checks. I just oh, had well, someone that far. didn't do the, the books, period. So, but after- right. After dealing with that, and then the guy does my taxes, I owe I owe or end up owing a small house in taxes. and I didn't know any better. I was just right. okay, like I hired this guy. He's my accountant, and he does accounting so that's what it is I had someone else look at his um at one of my returns. And this is after I had replaced him. And he was like, "He's like, I just got it. He's like, was he hit by a car or like in a really bad, like some sort of terrible car accident, something, an accident that just completely changed everything. I'm like, no, I see him like every week. And he's like, this guy's, he's like, I can't say that he's just a criminal, but there's literally no other word. He says, What I'm looking at here is like a accounting 101 disaster. What is wrong with this? Like, and and I didn't. So having someone that actually knows what they're doing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is so important and
1: you know? Yeah, one of the services we recently started offering was vetting a bookkeeper for you because unfortunately you're not alone in that scenario and that experience. And I've seen so many people over the years that have come to us because their bookkeeper actually made a gigantic mess or didn't do anything. So there's just a mess because it hadn't been done. Um, and especially there's so many people that say, oh, yeah, I know QuickBooks. Well, you know QuickBooks from the free YouTube class that you took, or the one semester in high, in school that you took that happened to say that here's some QuickBooks stuff, but you didn't. You don't really know QuickBooks. So we started using or being able to provide a vetting service so that you can have confidence that when you hire somebody, they actually know what they're doing in the That's software. That's brilliant. You can know accounting. You can know accounting all day long but you don't, that doesn't mean, you know, QuickBooks and that's where you're putting the accounting and that's where you're facilitating the accounting and you could screw it all up.
0: That is brilliant. I, I, my, my little bit of vetting when I had tried to hire someone else and I fired them immediately, but this was just like, I happened to know I, I had said something along the lines of, yeah, we got PPP. Like, that's great. And she's like, yeah, but you know, it is taxable. And I was like, I thought it wasn't. She's like, no, it definitely is. And And I was like, I mean, you say it so confidently, I guess I'm wrong. And then I looked it up afterwards and it it was like, not taxable. (laughs) And I was like, well, that would have been like a $50,000 mistake. So I think we're going to not be a good fit if you're categorizing that as profit.
1: Going back to PPP, we were all expected to become overnight like gurus on all of these new forms and all these new programs and things that the government hadn't even figured out themselves they just kind of threw it out there, so I think there was a lot of just confusion and and misinformation and going back and forth, what I did is I sat on a call every day of the week with the SBA for three months at 2 p.m. They, uh, every day, and I just absorbed every bit of information I could from the SBA, from the horse's mouth, so that I could, you know, learn and not, because I'm not going to sit down and read a 72,000 word, you know, (laughs) document. I need to hear it from somebody who knows what they're doing, who can answer the questions. So I did that, and going back to the, you don't know what you don't know, how can you confidently hire a bookkeeper if you have no idea how to check their work, how to look and see what they do, how to ask them the questions that they should know if they are skilled? You can't. So you're rolling the dice, hoping that this person who's telling you they know what they're doing is true, is accurate. So that's why we, we created the vetting program so that you could either do it yourself with our guide or have us do it for you
0: we see that a ton. There's a ton of parallels in the IT world in the accounting bookkeeping space yeah, where we, we will act as like an extension for some firms. Sometimes like we have an in-house person or we have another IT provider, but they don't know this like nuanced thing that's specific for accountants. And like, so we just need you to kind of fill in the gaps for them because it's a big It's a big mess and they don't understand all the compliance things like they're great they know a whole lot it's just this one little piece and so then we come in and we're talking with them and just stuff that's like in our world like vernacular that we would use and so we just say like okay what RMM are they on and and they're like what's that abbreviation mean to you? And it's like, that means day one of running an IT company abbreviation that we're... (laughs) So it sounds like this is gonna be a lot of work for us because that's how the whole thing (laughs) works. And- Yeah,
1: I heard recently, I heard from an accounting professional, oh, I didn't realize you could reconcile the bank rec or the the quick, in QuickBooks. And I was like, whoa. Man, shouldn't you you have been insisting on that even if you didn't know it was a feature shouldn't you have been writing QuickBooks like why can't I reconcile there should have been no negotiation about reconciliation from somebody who says they do accounting but they just didn't do it because they didn't think it they didn't know was a feature.
0: After I got demolished with taxes and everything being terribly wrong I learned that you could do (laughs) reconciliation inside of QuickBooks. And some of them even sync right up, right? I think like Wells Fargo or Chase, one of them. It's just like you don't even have to download it and upload it. It's just like this is what your number should be. Man. Yeah. Well, Sam, it's been great talking with you. Having you on the show, Um, we'll probably run into you at QuickBooks in December, um, or November. They're doing it early this year. On yeah, purpose
1: November.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll, I'll,
1: I'll come over and run into you. Yes. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, if <laughs> if if our booth, if they finally uh let us in, we anticipate on being there. If not, I'll just go to Vegas because it's fun. <laughs> but
1: yeah,
0: Sam, where can people find uh more about you?
1: Sure. So we have um several social medias, but uh sam.inc.services is one of our Instagrams. You can always email me at info at And where you have a website, www.pbsaccountingandtax.com. And it's all spelled out.
0: All right. And we've got links in the show notes. So Sam, it was awesome having you on the show. And I love that it's like the direction that it took of like, maybe one of these days, someone will learn something about something. But <laughs> I... <laughs> you know maybe just someone i'll be like hey chat gpt like can you make my finances right and it's like here you go but and it just yeah but this, this is a
1: good this is a an opportunity we have as accounting professionals to act on the behalf of these people we know don't know
0: yeah and for sure Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.